Welcome back to Stacking Wood with Josh and Travis Wyman. I'm Travis. Josh is on the other end, sitting in Vermont, and we're glad that you're back. And uh, how you doing, Josh? I'm in Vermont, baby. Green Mountains, baby. Got that snow, baby. What's your favorite part of driving to work, Josh? Oh, I think uh, heading down 89 when I get out of Burlington, sometimes I'll take Route 89 and I can see Mount Mansfield on my left, and the sun's usually rising over that way, and it's really beautiful. Uh, And I like, there's a sculpture of some whale tails off of 89, these metal whale tails, and that section's always kind of nice and uh, very scenic, so I enjoy that, that part of the drive to work. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I remember that with those whale tail sculptures. Uh, kind of kind of cool, but also in a way it makes you think about where the ocean used to be and where it is now. Yeah, the a lot of uh, the American coastline was covered in seawater in the yeah, old big, days. Yeah. Big glaciers used to bulldoze their way through the Adirondacks and, you know, all over the land. What's the favorite part of your commute? Probably the best part of my day uh, driving into work would be um, when everyone is working perfectly together in Los Angeles and it's just like a effortless blend of the 110 freeway south into the 10 west. That's, that's what really gets me going. I remember my old Jeep Cherokee that I used to have in Hollywood. It had kind of tinted, darkened windows in the back. And sometimes it would get dusty. And sometimes I'd go uh, to get in to go to work, and I noticed someone was rubbing a perfect little circle with their hand to look in the back windows. Mm-hmm. And uh, they always did it in the same spot. Never found out who it was or anything, but they would always kind of wipe a little little area clean so they could look into the back window. Oh, so they were seeing if they should smash open your car and steal something from it? Yeah, I always kept it uh, bare inside, so there was never, like, any goodies in there. But <laughs> I saw someone would always check, maybe on the way home every day, or maybe it was, like, their, just a leisurely walk they would take. I, I didn't lock my Subaru, I think, for most of that time uh, in that driveway because I just wouldn't keep anything in it, and I didn't want anyone to break into it, so I just wouldn't lock it. Uh, because wait, wait. So they wouldn't smash anything. Yeah. So they could just they could go into it if they wanted to, uh, mm-hmm. because there was nothing. Oh, you never told me you did that. Yeah, there was nothing of value in it because I talked to a guy one time and he said that's what he did because uh, mm-hmm. his window kept getting smashed in a bad neighborhood, so he just left it unlocked. And he would, you know, he'd come out in the morning and he could see that they searched through some stuff. Uh, but <laughs> I, I guess they could have taken the car manual. But that's not really worth anything. So. Mm-hmm. so how's it going in Vermont? It's going pretty well. I've just been, I had a kind of lazy weekend last, this past weekend was pretty lazy. I just cleaned the house and took care of the Christmas tree. There's snow on the ground now. That pumpkin that that squirrel bored into is frozen now. So we should probably throw that away. Oh, the pumpkins keep well up there, huh? <laughs> yeah, they just get frozen outside. Oh, I've started watching The Crown. Have you watched that? No, I've seen advertisements for it, but is it about the Queen of England? Yes, Queen Elizabeth, uh, how she became queen, and then it's following her. This season uh, is just following her as she's deeper into being the queen. The first season was her becoming the queen because her father died, but this is deeper into it now, and it's a great show, and I recommend it. Why? How do you feel about the royal family? Uh, 
I don't know. I always see him in the checkout line. In People magazine, you mean? Yeah, I see him on the f- covers of magazines. Aside from that, I don't know anything about them, and I don't know. They don't really interest me. You're not interested at all in the in the royals, the intrigue, the uh, <laughs> how wealthy they are. No, not really. I mean, I don't know. They're ambassadors. They're ambassadors for Great Britain these days. They're, you know, like greeters at Walmart. They're yeah. like extremely wealthy greeters for the country of Great Britain. If England was Walmart, they're the greeters. Yeah, because the greeters are supposed to, like, represent the store, make you feel at home, and make you leave with a positive experience. And I think that's pretty much the function of the royal family these days. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right, I guess. It is weird to me that taxpayers buy them all this extravagant stuff. Like, really, they should downsize and be living in, you know, say, a a three-bedroom house or something, you know? Mm -hmm. But I guess it's, I don't know, it's a sign of wealth. It's like how we were saying that if you have a green, grassy lawn in Los Angeles, it's a sign of of you're doing well. And it's like if a country can support a a royal family, that's a sign the country's doing okay because they can just spend millions on this family. So I guess in a way it's no different than how we uh, maintain the White House and all these big... um, monuments in dc like if we really wanted to downsize and be efficient we could take down the washington monument take down the lincoln memorial take down all that stuff and just have you know steamroll it all and then we don't have to pay to maintain it just a bare bones there's like a card table that the president sits at in a warehouse yeah Yeah. it's just so it becomes so minimalist uh the government that the yeah the president just lives in like a little camping tent and works from a laptop yeah that (laughs) that would actually be cool like the white tent it's just a white yeah. tent. Yeah. Yeah, it might still be on that lawn, but uh yeah, it's just like a little tent. Or maybe a family sized tent. One and of those the, big Coleman ones that where you get multiple rooms, you know? And the president's like, I wanna turn the the heater up in the tent and they're like, put a sweater on. We yeah. we're running this bare bones now. The American people can do polls, online polls, like, he should put a sweater on. Do you want to give him more heat, or do you... Yeah, we should just be able to click on our Facebook feed and say, do you want him to have more heat, or do you want him to have a sweater? You yeah. Know? yeah. Oh, oh, you had a snowfall, right? Yeah. Monday night, there was a, was snow. There's probably three inches. Did, did you bust some cookies? No, uh... Yeah, for our listeners, busting cookies is what our friend Ian calls uh, doing a donut in a car, and he's from Maine. So if you want to ever do a donut in Maine, (laughs) say, uh, I'm going to go bust some cookies. It's so funny. I was looking at the Boston uh, Twitter account because they had a little snow a few days ago, and uh, they tweeted a video of one of their big salt trucks being loaded with some salt. And so I always like reading comments, so I read the comments below. And uh, one guy wrote, <laughs> it's so interesting how the salt is mined from different regions. And you can see th- that different regions give you different colored salt. Would be an interesting Boston Globe article. So it's like a thoughtful person writing a thoughtful thing. And then the person below wrote, we don't need that salt. You're wasting it. We won't have any later in the winter. You know, so it's always like a positive person that likes to see the like interesting things in life. And then the other person is like, you're wasting the salt. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah. I mean, that might be a valid point. They might be wasting the salt, I guess. It was. I do remember that. Yeah, they preemptively salt 
you know, all around Boston sometimes. And then the clouds will turn away and not dump any snow. And then you just have a bunch of like unmelted salt mm-hmm. around town. Yeah, that's uh, a, <clears throat> I heard a thing on, uh, I heard a thing on NPR the other day. And uh, well, actually that oh, was did like, you? yeah, I heard an NPR uh, program the other last year. And it was uh, saying we get a lot of our salt from South America and also a pit in Ireland that comes into Boston. And, uh, it's, yeah, all around the world that salt comes from. Mm-hmm. We just put it on the road. Oh, you know what happened on my street uh, yesterday was I was walking up to where I live in Silver Lake, and there was a guy like 40 feet up in a palm tree just hooked up with the belt around him, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with those spiked boots on. And he was trimming with an electric chainsaw, trimming, trimming the... Uh, palms off of the top you know trimming it all up yeah and they were just dropping 40 feet with the heavy part first kind of like a dart and then just hitting the ground with a loud like and uh he had a spotter telling him if cars were coming because those things were massive and that just it seemed like the most uh precarious job you could ever have uh yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to do that, but he was all relaxed, like shaking out his hands while he's doing it. And I thought, okay, well, that's all he's, you know, that's the job that's happening. He's trimming the palm trees. And then I, I uh, went away for a little while and I came back later when the sun was setting and I saw they had coiled, you know, those um, like Christmas lights that'll be in a clear tube kind of LEDs. Mm-hmm. It was coiled up both like 40 foot palm trees all the way to the top. Like the homeowner that owns those palm trees had the lights put all the way to the top. And uh, a guy that lives nearby is like, he said to me, It looks like we're going to have some more street lights tonight. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't tell if he was happy about it or he didn't want the extra light, you know, in the street. But uh, then he said, it's, it's pretty incredible, huh? So I think he, he likes it. Uh, and it did give off a lot of light last night. Is uh, is this on your street? Yeah. It's just two really bright palm trees that are just filled with lights now and they light up half the street now. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, whatever, it gets me in the mood for Christmas and everything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I, I bet the neighborhood likes that. I like it when people decorate their houses around here up in Vermont, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, Yeah. I wonder if they did a study like... The people that put tons of stuff around their houses for holidays, if they're overall happier than people that don't, or, you know, if they're happier overall. I bet they're happier because they're enjoying the season. They're, you know, that it's, the holiday season is meant to be, you know, it, it's a, well, you know, the spirit of it is you're supposed to connect with people you love and have a fun time and celebrate the year, kind of. And mm-hmm. if they're doing that, it means that they're investing in that idea so i I bet they are happier you know Mm -hmm. or they're crying in the back uh with all their lights uh (laughs) like i never had a good christmas (laughs) now i'll have one now i'll have a good one yeah Uh, remember up in maine there's that one house with uh like 50 lawn gnomes on the lawn year round Mm -hmm. and uh i i'm interested to meet the owners of that house because i'd like to know if it started as one lawn gnome and then it just multiplied, I think that happens with lots of things. Like, you know, if you have 
like somehow your f- relatives and friends get it in their mind you like something and then they'll give it to you a lot of that one thing or you just become obsessed with one thing and you just have to have more and more of it you know yeah speaking of gnomes have you heard of fairy villages or f- little yeah i think they're called fairy villages up in maine and in the woods, people will make a little fairy village. Yeah, I've heard that there's a whole group of people that really enjoy making them and placing them out in the woods. Yeah. Is that what you've heard? Yeah, the first time I saw them, I was home on... I had a Christmas break from the talent agency I worked at, so it was. I had nearly two weeks off on the East Coast. So I drove around saying, you know, hi to college friends, and I went up to Maine to see our friend Ian, and we went mm-hmm. for a hike in a really remote part of central Maine up by Sugarloaf, the ski area. And we were Mm -hmm. just hiking out in the middle of the woods. And I just came upon this tiny little fairy village. And it was just, you know, tiny houses made out of crude sticks. And then, you know, little stars out of wood and things like that. And then little gnomes placed in a circle. And I was like, what is this, Ian? And he's like, oh, it's a fairy village. It's just a thing people do. You know, and I, I was <laughs> like, like, it was totally normal yeah, to him. Uh, he was normal to him, but it was, there was, mm-hmm. you know, it was pretty far out in the woods. And I said, so someone put all this shit in their backpack and they hiked out in the woods and yeah. set up a little, f- I don't know. I don't get But what there th- are no actual fairies, right? It's just little houses and little things that fairies could use if they were there. Yeah, but there, I think there was an actual one gnome there, you know, like a lawn gnome, but... Yeah, most of the stuff is, like, tiny houses they could use, I think. And do the people doing this, do they believe fairies are real, or do they just kind of, they know it's, like, a fun thing to play make-believe? I think it's a little bit of both. I think some people think that, you know, get into it, and maybe it's like they're creating their own Santa Claus, and then also, uh, you know, some people just like making miniatures. Like that guy on the wire that likes making miniature furniture. Remember that guy? He was sanding a baby grand piano and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. relaxing. Mm-hmm. Or in the movie Ronin, there's the old man that fixes the bullet wound, and he's always painting little soldiers, the little Ronin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, also, yeah, the, but I think the... Back to the, the gnome houses. Yeah, so the, the people think they're real because, well, in Scandinavian countries, they do think gnomes are real, don't they, culturally? Mm-hmm. People, they believe, like, I, I remember seeing a story where they stopped construction on a highway or something in Iceland because they thought that uh, gnomes were there living under the ground or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gnomes are a big deal in Scandinavia. They believe they're sort of their version of a gremlin. Oh, okay, here it is. January 15th, 2014. This is in the Smithsonian Magazine, and Mm. it said, Icelanders protest the road that would disturb fairies. So in Iceland, fairies are a big deal, such a big deal, that in the past few months there have been protests to stop a road that might disturb them. The new route would slice through the Aftanes Peninsula near Reykjavik, and protesters say that the elves live amongst the rocks that would be disturbed. This might seem odd for a modern nation like Iceland, but most countries have some sort of supernatural superstitions. New Jersey has the chupacabra. The South has Bigfoot. Iceland has fairies. It's nice that that tiny nation believes in something uh, like that altogether. I was just looking on Wikipedia uh, for fairy fairy villages, and Mm -hmm. uh, I found a fairy door. 
And it said, this is the definition of a fairy door on Wikipedia. A fairy door is a miniature door, usually set into the base of a tree, behind which may be small spaces where people can leave notes, wishes, or gifts for the fairies, in quotations. Mm -hmm. And then it shows uh, pictures of tiny doors that they've, uh, people have built into the bases of trees. So fairies are very popular around the world, I guess. People like believing. Well, Josh, maybe you should make a fairy house. Yeah, maybe. Oh, oh, and the it says criticism. Do you want me to read the criticism section of the fairy doors? Sure. Yeah. So this is these are some criticisms of fairy doors. Reception for fairy doors have been mixed, as proponents claim that the doors are entertaining and can stimulate the imagination, while critics claim that the doors can cause damage to property or surrounding flora and fauna. Residents in the small town of Krukerny, Somerset, complained over a series of 200 fairy doors that had been installed in the nearby Wayford Woods as the village's infrastructure was not equipped to deal with the amount of tourism that the doors attracted. The townspeople also complained of increased garbage along the woods trails leading to the woodlands trustees removing the fairy doors. Critics also argue that some fairy doors are overly gaudy and garish. Oh man! So there's a, there's almost like there should be a fairy door uh, neighborhood committee. You know how like in some of those like upscale uh, housing developments, everyone has to have like white Christmas lights and certain things. That's funny. That story took place in uh, Somerset, which is uh, Somerset, England, which is in southwest England. So yeah, and what where was that article from? Was it a newspaper? Uh, wi- Wikipedia. In oh, Wikipedia. Yeah. So uh, well. Yeah, I, I donated $5 to Wikipedia the other day because I use it a lot. So uh, if anyone's listening and you haven't donated to Wikipedia, it's a it's a nice source of information, and I, I fully support them. Yeah, I do that when the thing pops up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't, but I did most recently. Well, just, you know, if you can't this year, it's fine. Just whenever yeah. you can, $1 or $2 uh, from a million I, people is a lot. I think it's great that... Wikipedia just has those pop-up things because, like, I know NPR has to advertise a lot to help out do their fundraising drives, but sometimes it seems like it takes them many days to, like, do their fundraising drives. Oh, you know, speaking of things in the woods, uh, there's a group of uh, horses that are out in Lexington, Massachusetts, outside of Boston. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think they call it, like, Horsehenge or something. Stories about how a herd of some 30 wooden and plastic rocking horses gradually appeared on a sliver of farmland in the town of Lincoln. So Lincoln, Massachusetts, I think. As far as Harold McAleer is concerned, it started some years ago with a lemonade stand, two kids looking to make a quick buck in the summer, and a pair of the antiquated children's toys. The lemonade stand failed, and the kids went away. So they're using the horses to get attention for their lemonade stand. Mm -hmm. But the horses stayed said McAleer, who has lived in Lincoln for 30 years. Gradually over the years, it has grown and grown. And it started in 2010. Oh, that's kind of freaky, actually. Yeah, it's like a bunch of rocking horses and horses, rocking horses that would be on those spring things, you know, for little kids. But they're all forming a perfect circle in kind of like a tall, grassy field. Is there a man with a chainsaw? Uh, that <laughs> hangs out behind the clothesline. So well, that, let's uh, see. I see it's right by the road. It's on one of those like back roads uh, that you can drive on outside of Boston. You know where it's kind of rural. Yeah, it just goes to show people like to get in on something if you start something. 
You should start a like Twinkie henge in your front yard and just put some Twinkies uh, stacked in a circle. And then, actually, I bet people in your neighborhood would come by with Twinkies if you promoted it. They would probably do it. Oh, is it cold where you are? Lindsay just told, texted, it is freezing in all caps. Yeah, it, it got down to 17 the other night, so 17 Fahrenheit for all you Americans. So we, yeah, it's been been decently warm, like 80s, 70s out here. Have the fires died down? Um, yeah, around L.A., there's still some further north that are going, the Thomas Fire. Um, but the, in terms of the one that was near the Getty, that one has been pretty controlled. Mm-hmm. So so they're getting a handle on it. The The air quality is, is a lot better now than last week when it was hazy sometimes. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and I, I washed off, I hosed off my car. It had some dust, you know. I have a $1 wash near where I am where you can use your own spray gun on your car. So it's crazy, but I must look like a, an, an idiot, but I, I like to see if I can just do a $1 wash. Oh, you run around? <laughs> so it gi- yeah, it gives you like three minutes. So I, 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 I don't know. I'm like a weirdo. I, I put the quarters in, but I already have the, the jet gun in my hand for the water the power washer and then i'll just put that fourth quarter in and just go to town I'll, i have like a pattern that i do i do the roof i do the side to do the front and the back and then i'll just grab the brush the brush has already been taken off the wall so i can just pick it up off the ground and start slathering <laughs> it on the roof and the front and everything and then i'll just keep glancing at the clock uh in a way it reminds me of you know ralphie like the that christmas story movie mm-hmm. It's like I'm like the dad changing the tire, but <laughs> I'm washing a car. So you get it. Have you ever left any soap on your car? Or do you always get it completely done? Uh, yeah, no. Sometimes I've messed up and uh, it's not. I don't quite get it, and then I have to put another dollar in. But uh, d- the other day I made it. I got all the residue off, and I mean honestly, I should just put two dollars in, and you know, no, that's take my I think time. That's great. Me. If you and do yeah. you probably do that once a month. Yeah, like once a month, I'll just put the dollar in and go, like it's like I'm at the Indy 500 or something. I'll just go, and I think it's satisfying. But uh, the other day, I have these old bald Crocs like that I wear on my off days sometimes, and I don't usually wear them out in public, uh, my Crocs, but I (laughs) had them on, and they're so bald on the bottom that I I just started slipping around while I was trying to do that, and I almost uh, went down, but... (laughs) So some people at that place, though, because it's a dollar wash, they'll they'll take forever. They'll sit in there for like fifteen minutes, just like taking their time, putting some wax on, and then and other people are sitting, kind of idling, waiting to get in, and and they just don't <laughs> don't care. It's a dollar, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They'll just take their time, and, and then when it's finally almost like air dried, like their car, they'll just slowly roll it out, and they don't even drive quickly out when they're done. They'll just slowly roll it out, roll it back to the vacuum section, yeah. And slowly get out and just proceed to start slowly vacuuming. They're like the one percenters of the car wash. Like if you if you broke it down, <laughs> they're just uh, they're like well, I spend ten dollars. Not necessarily that they have lots of cash. I think that some people just enjoy the slow, leisurely process of of rubbing their car down. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, for me, it's like brushing my brushing your teeth. I, it's like I want to get in, I want to get out. I don't think I I haven't washed my car since I moved to Vermont because it just rains. You know. Yeah, you guys get rain, but in L.A., I think it's rained maybe like three times since I've been here, so 
you've got to just have, make an artificial rain. <laughs> that reminds me of like washing your car quick. I always think it's funny how they can make competitions out of like lots of things like stacking Oreos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eating hot dogs. Like, I think on ESPN3, they probably could have a car washing competition and people would watch it. Have you seen the yeah. cup cup stacking? Like, red solo cups, you stack them up in a pyramid and then take them down as fast as you can? Yeah, that's crazy. It looks almost like magic when they're doing it on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a magic trick because they'll suddenly just vanish and they'll just be all stacked up. And those people probably would have been the people in the Wild West that would be taking everyone out during, you know, gunfights and stuff like that. Mm. They'd be the the gunslingers. Yeah. of the Wild West and and these days there's no more gunslinging in the in most developed countries, so <laughs> they're just relegated to uh cup stacking these days. That'd be funny if one of them actually is a descendant of like Doc Holiday and Doc Holiday got in a time machine and came into 2017 and was like, "I wonder what my great great grandson is up to. I hope he can handle the steel as well as I could." <laughs> and then he like sees him stacking solo cups on like a YouTube channel. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> "Who what has he become because I was so successful and cool. Is he pr- president of the United States? CEO of for the motor company it's like no he has a youtube channel and he stacks cups yeah it's like subscribes hit like so and so bobby holiday bobby holiday's the best stacker this out of the mississippi he's like i have been stacking cups since i was nine years old I feel like doc holiday's descendants own a car dealership or something because bobby holiday sounds like a good car dealership like, Bobby come Holiday. on down to Bobby Holidays. You're a daisy if yeah. you do. He had the consumption. Mm-hmm. Remember when uh, in the movie Tombstone, uh, <laughs> Iceman was just coughing a bunch of blood into a napkin? Yeah, the that's whole movie. I, I only think of Val Kilmer when I think of Doc Holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you a Huckleberry. <laughs> you my Huckleberry? I used to love that. We got that VHS from the library. In high school, and I think I just used to watch his scenes because they were, I don't know. I like that swagger, you know? Yeah. That I, I always like it when someone is kind of down on their luck or physically incapacitated, but they're still really good at one thing, you know? I like seeing that in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other examples, but I, don't, I feel like lots of people like seeing that. Well, there was a, a YouTube video where a professional basketball player i forgot that which player it was but he dressed up like an old man and went to some courts in harlem and he's uh, he said uh to the the younger guys like can i play with you i used to play a little bit and then he's acting real slow and then halfway through he just starts playing full force and full speed and dunking on them and stuff <laughs> but he has a mm-hmm. an old man wig and i, I think yeah that's become a whole oh what were you gonna say about it? oh yeah now now they do it a lot it's a, a genre almost right the the trick yeah it's become a whole genre but the funniest one of those i saw was you know ronaldo oh that su- superstar soccer player yeah, what did he do well, he he looks like a Ken doll pretty much. Like he just looks like a, per- a perfect humanoid Ken doll. Mm-hmm. So they put some sweatpants on him and stuff, and uh, a, a beard, I think, or shaggy hair. And then he was in a square, just playing with a soccer ball. And uh, I just think it's so funny because 
in those other ones, they're playing against people, so they're dunking on them, and everyone's marveling at how the old man can dunk on everyone. But with this, it just looked like kind of like a weird person, like a slightly off-looking person playing, kicking a soccer ball around by himself. Mm-hmm. So I think like production kind of screwed up because no one really cared. They were just like, "Oh, it's just a guy in a sweatsuit." <laughs> yeah, because kicking he, a ball. <laughs> was yeah. he doing any tricks though, juggling or anything? Or he was juggling, but no one really cared because I, I feel like there are tons of people in Europe. I think it was in Spain, maybe, but there are just so many people in Europe that can probably juggle a, a soccer ball adequately like that the way he was Mm -hmm. and the only thing that sets him apart is when he's probably playing against other people you know yeah so eventually he took off his uh beard but even then the crowd was kind of cool they were just casual it might have been the town he was in maybe spain's just cool it's just a cool place they're like oh you can kick the ball okay yeah oh you are ronaldo okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) no big deal okay yeah it's okay All right. That's what yeah. did uh was it was Catalonia that region in Spain wanted to secede? Did they secede from Spain? Oh, I don't think they did. No, I think they got I didn't I, oh, well, I think they got clamped down and there was a media blackout cuz I haven't heard anything else, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so I don't think I think it's hard for regions to secede these days. Yeah, can, I feel like globally it's just not as possible. I mean, it does happen. You'll see it happen in certain regions, but... You know, what? what know. is the first state you think that would secede in the U.S. if one had to... Like, if you had to pick one, uh, just... Mm-hmm. You know, not that you think it would happen, but which state do you think would secede or the funniest state to secede? Um, well, one that geographically would make sense... <laughs> Is Hawaii is so far away? Yeah, they could just be like, "We're our own thing, all right, guys." And <laughs> they're so far away, everyone would be like, "Wait, what?" Like, no, don't do that. But then they're kind of like the the friend that's moved far away, or you don't see them anymore. So people, it wouldn't be as visceral as like, I don't know, Texas or something. Texas or. Just a state, uh, California, one that you can drive to, you know? Yeah, they'd be like, no, we can't leave. It'd be a bad breakup. uh, Lots of Americans, like lots of people, I'm sure Americans have visited Hawaii, but lots of most people probably haven't gone to Hawaii, and I've never been there. For all I know, you know, it's just a fantasy place, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's like the Truman Show. They just promise I've never seen it with my own eyes. Yeah. I've heard it's yeah. nice. I would like to go there. Um, but Yeah, I've seen the Descendants, you know, the thing that the two guys from, or the guy from Community wrote, yeah. and that made it look really nice. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Yeah. I think that would be the easiest breakup would be Hawaii. Or Alaska. Yeah. Alaska's Alaska. up there. Alaska's pretty remote. Um, mm-hmm. What would Yeah, it would be hard if um, something like, yeah, California would be hard or... I think Rhode Island, people would just be sad about because it's a little kind of cute state. You know? They'd be like, oh, what? Oh, did we not pay attention to you enough? Wait, what is it? Come on back. Come on back. No. <laughs> Rhode Island's like, that's it. That'd be funny. Rhode Island declares war. Rhode Island declares war on the rest of the United States. Yeah. Little road, and they start actually kicking ass. <laughs> like they start kicking everyone's ass. <laughs> Rhode Island. It's like a it's like a unit of a hundred just, just men, women, just, and children from Rhode Island, and they're just kicking everyone's. Just ass. how Germany took over Europe. 
Rhode Island would just yeah. swarm Upper New England and Virginia, <laughs> Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. It was like, where the oh, hell wow. did you all come from? Are you you are just everyone? They're like Sparta. Like this is Rhode Island. Yeah, they're all just na- <laughs> naked with red capes and spears. Give them nothing, but take from them everything. <laughs> Rhode Island. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. So Christmas is right around the bend. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I still haven't gotten all my Christmas shopping done yet. Um, I'm going to though soon. Going to see if Amazon can help me out. <laughs> Old Papa Jeff Bezos. I thought it was funny. Bill Gates and his wife were walking with uh, Richard Branson and his wife to a climate summit, you know, talking about, I think it maybe it might have been Paris, but it was just funny. It was the pairing of those two couples, you know, because Richard Branson looks like he does, like, you know, coke off of his wakeboard. Mm-hmm. And then Bill Gates looks more like he, uh, you know, irons his shirt. Carefully and stuff like that. Maybe, maybe though, Bill Gates is a loose Bill cannon. Gates I don't does, know. I don't know what I don't know what fifty billion does to a man. So he does uh, coke off his Microsoft Surface or whatever the folding laptop is. He doesn't do it off a wakeboard. <laughs> I like how we're just saying that. That's what you do if you get up above a billion. You do coke. That's what you do. Well, I've heard it's fun. I don't know. If you have a lot of money, go yeah. for it. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or if if you are what's his name uh, Berkshire Hathaway leader what's his name oh uh, Warren Buffett or if you're Warren Buffett you just sip a coke he loves Coca Cola yeah with cocaine and he loves Coca he loves Coca Cola I saw a little uh, documentary thing on him and he goes to the McDonald's drive in most mornings and he'll select different breakfast sandwiches based on how the market is doing like if it's feeling bullish he'll do a McMuffin if it's like I don't know, things are going down, he'll get another breakfast sandwich. But I was watching and I was like, he seems healthy. How is he doing this? And uh, like having McDonald's every morning and Coke and still being fine. But maybe like everything else he eats the rest of the day is just purely grown out of healthy soil. And, you know, he has like a whole freezer full of replacement hearts and stuff like that. (laughs) I just feel like he walks to a lot of meetings all day. I think he walks probably yeah. five miles going to meetings and, you know. Yeah. And this is weird to say, but I think if you love what you do and, like, emotionally you're fulfilled and happy, maybe that does a lot more for your physical well-being than everything you eat necessarily. But I don't know. That might oh, not no, be Oh, no, definitely. True. I think your attitude has a lot to do with your health. I think, yeah. yeah. If you're engaged every day. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you could be eating, you know, drinking kale smoothies, but if you're wasting away in a cubicle, it's probably you're going to be less uh, fit, I think. <laughs> yeah, throw in your phone like Ari Gold while you uh, drink a kale smoothie. Yeah, that's not going to be. Yeah, or that, or stressed out. out. Yeah. yeah. So anything else happening in Vermont, Josh, I should know about? Oh, it's just fresh air, uh, wild animals roaming, and snow on the ground. That's about it. Well, sounds good. Well, I think we've covered about all we needed to cover this week. I hope everyone is getting ready for the the holidays coming up, the big glass push to the holidays, and, you know, enjoy that eggnog or whatever you like to drink. And I'll talk to you next week, Josh, and this has been Stacking Wood with Josh and Travis Wyman. Bye. Thank you.